Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. And I'm Jim Gerhardt, along with uh, Patrick Lavery. I think we'll start this morning, Pat, with a uh, what I would call a hallelujah on steroids. Oh, For uh, Bob definitely. Williams. Yes. Absolutely as close to the miraculous as I think I've been. And you talked to Bob this morning. Yes, he called in this morning to the show, to the morning show, and just the change in his voice from... Now, Bob, by nature, uh, is always a very positive person when Mm -hmm. you talk to him. Uh, But just, there was a a different sound in his voice. There was something um, more, I don't know if it was optimistic or idealistic, or uh, there was a a different, a a quicker rhythm to it Mm -hmm. than there had been the last few weeks and months. Well, I would think he'd have a great uh, surge of energy now. Yes. As opposed to gradually, incrementally over the years with the problem. Mm -hmm. I guess uh, if anybody hears this who's not, uh, aware of what's going on. Bob Williams was the traffic reporter here for, what, 25 years. Yeah. And he came down with a, a, a physical problem. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the notable things here is this amazing, wonderful person who, in effect, has saved his life. And yeah. this is the lady, the person... Uh, you see, I'm hesitating because I'm not sure how much everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows he had a kidney transplant. Right. Okay. I, yeah. I wasn't sure. <laughs> yes, yes. I was looking over at you to get some <laughs> idea yes. whether everybody knew it or not because you don't like to discuss somebody else's illness. But he had this, uh, the, the transplant. Apparently, it's worked swimmingly. Yeah. And uh, it is amazing. And we thank what powers there be. For heaven knows, we were putting in enough fixes up yonder. You're right. trying to uh, on this thing. And and this was a woman who he had known for years, who lives in his town, and was already going through the pre-screening process to be a, a living donor, to be a kidney donor, and saw Bob's wife post about uh, Bob's condition on mm-hmm. Facebook and got in touch, and they... They met in a Panera back in November before Thanksgiving. Just bumped into one another. Just bumped into one another. And she said, uh, I'm trying to be your donor. And they just, um, they they came together after that. She uh, apparently... Um, has also come through her procedure uh, mm-hmm. well because I mean there's there's certain risks involved with with that as you there's know. There's a great picture of them on the website yes. nj1015.com, and I guess uh, it's like headshots. Right. Bob must have been in bed or just up. Beautiful, beautiful picture. It's amazing yeah. things that can happen. Yeah. Tell you something about Bob Williams. I don't want to embarrass him. If you call Central Casting. <laughs> and send over the best human being available. <laughs> they would send over Bob Williams. Yeah, I have to agree with a you. A remarkable, remarkable person. Yeah. And it used back in the old days on the morning show, sometimes it would embarrass us <laughs> being a bunch of wags. <laughs> because here, here was a good person by, by every human standard <laughs> as opposed to 
Eric and uh, Alan uh, Casper, the legendary <laughs> weatherman, and I and other people who were around. <laughs> and and Bob is, uh, I mean, uh, above all else, well, number one, he is a family man. I mean, his yeah, oh, his, his three boys mean everything to him mm-hmm. and, and his wife, Kathleen. Um, they, they mean the world to him, but he's also this man of many talents. I mean, he is a, a wonderful musician. Yes. Yeah. Well, we, we did a program from the uh, deck of the... New Jersey, the battleship. Oh, right, right. And uh, they had a band, an excellent band who played. Yeah. And Bob went out, brought his, his cornet, trumpet, you know, yeah. whatever the instrument, and got in there with him and it was great. Well, he, he was a professionally uh, level musician oh, in yeah. addition to everything else. It's, it's become a tradition uh, for us now, usually the last Thursday or Friday before the uh, the Christmas holiday um, Bob will bring his trumpet. Dan Zarrow is a, a trumpet player of, oh, really? of years gone by, uh-huh. uh, and the two of them will play trumpet. Uh, and I lug in my my piano keyboard, and we uh, we play Christmas carols uh, on oh, on the morning show. So we, we just started that last couple of years since Dan's been here, and and since I've been working mornings. Um, but uh, you know, Bob really takes a lot of, of pride in that. He's kind of our de facto uh, band director, and he kind of calls the shots. You know, it was interesting that, uh, to watch the process, which I was never that familiar with. Mm. You have to find an exact match, and yes. then you follow people who volunteer to get tested to be the exact match. Right now, I imagine a lot of people here did that and mm. didn't qualify for it. Right. My problem was that I was just a tad over. The age cutoff. Okay. Like 16 and a half years <laughs> past. You just, can't you can't give an organ. Just a bit. <laughs> yeah. So just just a, a, a wee smidgen past that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Bob is, is recovering. The uh, the donors are recovering, and we are yeah. we are in praise and, and, and thanksgiving today. Do you have any rage areas? Do I? Totally have- unrelated to what we were talking about. I mean, we talk about road rage we hear a lot yeah. about. Um, outside of outside of the Boston Red Sox, I can't think of a one. <laughs> you, but uh, you, you, I take it you don't like the Boston. Red Sox. <laughs> that would be correct. Yeah, uh, road rage. We all know. Yeah. I don't. You ever feel any of that? Uh, I, I temptation toward it. I do. I can remember one time. This was probably about six or seven years ago. Um, someone cut me off on uh, on an exit ramp. Getting on an exit ramp. And I remember looking at the make of the car and trying to memorize the digits on the license plate and the guy speeds off. And so I start once I get onto the highway, I start coming up in in another lane. And I finally, after probably about six or seven miles, I chase the guy down just to look in his Give in his windshield. The look. Give him the look. The glare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was as probably as, as far as I've ever taken something like that. Yeah, I I have gotten it, and of course, you know, most of us do, uh, but can get over it. One I have though, and why I bring this up, I have checkout rage. Oh, okay. When I'm shopping. Okay. And really, you get into the express lane, mm-hmm. and here's somebody loaded up ahead of you, like they're going to the Arctic for the next six months. <laughs> Right. And then you get the, uh, let's say, little ladies of, shall we say, mature years <laughs> who stand there once they've checked out, even though they may have had under 15 or under 10 or whatever yeah. the thing was. They stand there and just kind of look with this little uh, silly grin on their face like, what do I do now? Well, you pay for it. 
all. So you go fumbling <laughs> through your purse, you know, and then you pull out this little squeeze purses they have, and you start checking through the pennies and everything. And and I do a slow burn. I'm back there, <laughs> and and I'm sitting in line and and do crazy things. You know, I've yelled. Yeah. Out, how long do you expect the strike to continue here? Uh, <laughs> well, and, and not only have they brought their 20 or 25 items to the 10 or 15 uh, items uh-huh. line, but now as they're rifling through their uh, their purse for the money, now they have to pull out 18 coupons. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Or or they're going to play with the credit card. They don't know how to do it. The chip They or get the, the wrong card. Right. They put it in the wrong way. So everybody, <laughs> everything has to stop down. And then there's a guy behind you who apparently wants to play piggyback because <laughs> he's, right he's trying to get up there. So this is something I, I, I try to work on, but uh, I would have to con- confess this, that. This is, this, is one of, this, is one of my, this is one of the things that my wife says all the time um, is that she, she doesn't like dealing with people. And I can I can understand, even though that's like a general statement and is meant as a joke, I can understand where she's coming from. Um, I, I like to cook and she doesn't. So oh. I will go to the supermarket uh, much more often than she does. But mm-hmm. supermarkets today are, are actually designed for people like my wife um, more than more than ever before, because, do you know, uh, when I go more often than not, I will go to the self checkout lane mm-hmm. and I will just scan it myself and it goes faster than it ever does with someone checking the items out for you and then i'm done well you know the market that i go to mostly Mm. has given up on express lanes yeah you either stand in the long line with everybody who is going to the arctic next six months (laughs) right or you go to the self-checkout yeah which is fine, mm-hmm. except the damn self-checkout keeps saying, remove item from the baggage area. <laughs> right, well, I haven't right. put anything in there yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they haven't quite perfected the um, the artificial intelligence the artificial on that. Yeah. Let's get one, one more thing here. Then we're getting into some uh, probably the more, more timely, topical kind of mm-hmm. uh, matters. Uh, I have learned that one of the most precious parts of the human anatomy goes very much unsung. Okay. And that is the index finger. <laughs> I have been without, why. I've been uh, immobilized by index finger on my left hand, and I'm extremely left-handed. Okay. It is amazing when you do not have the left index finger. Oh, what yeah. What you do. I had t- I learned to tie my shoes all over again. Uh-huh. It, it, and everything. And, of course, the end, what happened was I, I tried to break up a dog fight and got a <laughs> rather dramatic lacerations on my got finger. Got it. Uh, but the, the feeling, again, because it did mm, interrupt the nerve flow, Yeah. Uh, the end of this was, was sort of numb, so you didn't feel it. <laughs> so you were constantly ramming it into things. Right, but, right. But uh, please look at your index finger and say thank you <laughs> for all the things you do. And notice for a day, there are things I can't even get into. <laughs> well, things I can't, like dressing. Right. Uh, buttoning, <laughs> yeah. zipping, uh, all, all of these things are very, very difficult. The one uh, compensation was that, uh, in a sense, there was one good thing about losing the index finger mm. is that I still have the finger next to it, known as the middle finger. The road rage finger. Uh, that's right. And without that, you have no way to communicate with other drivers in New Jersey. <laughs> that's right. You know, I think maybe they should do that at inspection stations. <laughs> Check your hand. Be sure your middle finger works. <laughs> that you can do a Jersey salute. Uh, okay. Uh, 
Patrick Lavery, you, you're doing the news uh, mornings here, so you're right yes. up on top of everything. Uh, one thing I, w- I was thinking about, that the budget address, mm-hmm. expectation is that the governor will speak of imposing new taxes. Mm-hmm. I think, what, $1.5 billion or something was mentioned. You would know that. But that's anticipated yeah. in order to carry out the California-type programs. And and this is only what's been floated so far. Mm-hmm. And and really, we know very little about what the governor is going to say on, on March 5th. And so it could be uh, the number that you floated. It could be even more than that, a, a number that we're not even imagining mm-hmm. right now. But uh, I don't think... Phil Murphy has made any secret uh, of the fact since he launched his campaign for the office uh, that raising taxes was was going to be not only a desire, but a necessity of a, of a Murphy administration. And of course, this, this is the same political structure that got us into trouble in the first place. We didn't do it. Right. We did not get into debt. <laughs> right. And we did not extend or turn the government pretty much over to the insatiable demands of the public workers unions and other special interest groups. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to have, because of his obligation to these groups for getting it, he's going to have to somehow pay them back, which is going to increase, you know, everything. And as we talked about last week, then everything will start ratcheting. If you toss the minimum wage into the woodpile. But my question is, let us say hypothetically that he does come up with a large, tax crease. Yes. Getting into the, the billions or, or close or a mm. high figure. What will be the reaction of New Jersey people? And, and I refer back to the 1990, mm. the, uh, the tax rebellion against Governor Jim Florio, yeah. who said before the election, I see no need for new taxes. Well, the first thing he did after he was elected mm. was send the treasurer down to dictate terms to the legislature Increasing taxes. Yeah. Now, there was a big uh, pushback at a group called Hands Across New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Now, they got that idea from a recent uh, promotion, I think, by what famous people and all to raise money for uh, the poor called Hands Across Hands America. Across America, right. Well, and they did that, and they raised a lot of money. But Hands Across New Jersey, that dawned on them. I mean, who's going to stand out and hold hands in the middle of the parkway? <laughs> I mean, we better rethink this thing. Yeah. But they called it. But the point is that there was a, a very definite tax rebellion. It waned a bit toward the end of the Florio uh, governance. Mm-hmm. But it was enough initiative to it to drive the governor out of office we had a Republican governor and a Republican legislature came right. in. Now, and the Hands Across New Jersey uh, organization had great, great energy, mm-hmm. and a lot of people following it. Is it in New Jersey people to do it again, do you think? I, I think you have to go back to the first question that you asked, which was what would the reaction be? And my answer to that is a shrug. I agree. Unhappily. Yeah. And so people will complain about it. It's like property taxes. People mm-hmm. complain bitterly about it, but they won't do a thing yeah. about it. You know, speaking of that, I, I, the survey we talked about last week about yes. the governor, the, the legislature's approval rating was, was it 9%? It was, I, it was definitely single digits, It as was I way down single digits, yeah. which means there's great contempt. Right. And yet, guess who gets elected, reelected? Well. Every time. There's almost no turnover. 
Right. In the legislature. And, and as you were talking about the, the hands across New Jersey effort and uh, voting Florio out of office uh, after one term, you mentioned something which I, I think is almost inconceivable in today's New Jersey, which is a Republican-controlled legislature. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is almost unfathomable to anyone who uh, kind of came mm-hmm. up knowing about politics uh, in this state in the last 10 to 15 years. Well, the Republican Party in New Jersey is uh, you know, one foot in the grave, really. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, one of the county offices, the headquarters, got evicted for not paying the rent. Really? So I, I guess they're they're in a huh. uh, <laughs> a penurious state right now. I would think so. But these things change. That's the interesting yeah. thing about politics. Now, you you said something last week mm-hmm. that 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 struck a chord with me. We were talking about elections, and you said mm-hmm. an election is a serious thing. It's not a popularity contest, right? But it is. Mm-hmm. You see, what you're saying is it should not be. Right. It is a popularity contest. Yeah. Look what's going on. Uh, who is this kid they have, or almost, from Texas, who is the big hero now? Oh, Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, yeah. And, and Oprah Winfrey is, mm-hmm. is is pushing him and getting yeah. all of this attention. It's a popularity contest mm-hmm. because he is a young, handsome person, a la Barack Obama. Right. And these are popularity contests right now, and of course they are presented that way in the campaigns. You could look to um, you could look to New York and who has gotten the most buzz of anyone elected in the midterms was uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Is that how she's, you pronounce it? She's 29 years old, I think. I mean, she yeah. is uh, she uh, is in touch with the, the younger generation yeah. and they have elevated her to this uh, position of, of great importance. And in she's Washington. not too swift either, which is good. It's kind of uh, uh, she's got a lot to learn. She's got a lot to learn. And, and some of the programs, though, you see, uh, Michael Moore, mm-hmm. uh, who I used to love when he was being Michael Moore, making documentary films and the like, but then yeah. he goes off the political deep end. Right. Be that as it may, he is not an unintelligent man. And his, he said, and quite true, said, this is the future of the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Yeah. This is where it's going, these new people with these, these plans. And I, I, she went so far, as, as I'm sure you know, as to talk about universal uh, wage or whatever yes. you say. Yep. And people should get it, whether and in the words, whether they are unable or unwilling to work, right. <laughs> they should all get right. a, a whatever it is, 10000 yeah. or whatever I, dollars I, I a don't, year. I don't want to work, but pay me anyway. Yeah. Oh, that, that that's, oh, I keep digressing here. I'm not going to say one more thing today like I did last <laughs> week. I, just, I was loaded last week. I just kept going. One of my... Memories of uh, uh, Judge Judy. Yes. Judge Judy, I guess she's still going at it. I I think so. But, I, think. It, I, I don't know. But the uh, she had a, a case, and here was a man, uh, and this was a man who was very well-dressed, very mm. well-groomed, and nicely spoken. Yeah. And he was somehow, the, the basic uh, case on Judge uh, Judy was, it was a gift, Your Honor, no, it wasn't, <laughs> and they fight about something. And it generally boiled yeah. down about who owned something or other, or right. whether something was a gift or a loan. But anyway, in the course of it, she said, uh, what is your occupation, sir? What do you do for a living? He said, I own disability. And she said, oh, what is your disability? He said, well, every time 
I hear the word work, I get all nervous. Hmm. And that was it. And he was on disability. He was getting disability pay because he felt nervous at the at the mention of the word work. And and I think probably in psychological jargon that probably is classified as something like uh, occupational anxiety or something like that. <laughs> I'm if, sure if, they, I, <laughs> if I had to take a stab at it, they, yeah. since everybody gets to be a victim now, mm. yeah. And 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 with becoming a so you make yourself a victim. Uh, victimization begets entitlement. Yeah. You're going to get something right. in return for it. Let's, let's get back now. Let me ask you some questions about what's going on. No, uh, I read an article uh, on our website that said the governor's kind of doubled down on this refusal mm. to lift the confidentiality agreement he had with anybody who worked on his campaign. Right. Now, I did not know that. Now, he said all campaigns do that, or most of them do that. The question is why? Why would you have anybody who works for your campaign sign a non-disclosure that you would not talk about anything that went on? This has to do with the alleged rape by right. a, a, a high member in his his organization. Correct. Is, is that, in your view, is is that a standard thing? I, I and, and if so, why? What goes on? I haven't heard of it being a a standard thing, and I don't know. Why it, we were talking last week, and it, this is when I brought up the popularity contest uh, theory. Um, we were talking about informed voters versus uninformed, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why you wouldn't want people to know basically how the sausage gets made behind the scenes of your yeah, own campaign yeah. that has elevated you to this. Which is to where the position. important stuff gets done, right? Yeah, right. I, I don't know why you would not be transparent about that. I, I certainly, um, I have not heard that that's standard procedure. Uh, it certainly was not standard procedure in the Donald Trump campaign, um, but primarily because he let so many of those people loose, uh, Chris Christie being <laughs> one of them, um, who has not been afraid to talk about things that that went on there. Um, but as this relates to the investigation that is going on into this staffer's uh, claims and allegations of sexual assault against this other staffer. Um, I don't know yet. I can't think of a good reason why in that particular case, you wouldn't have to reveal anything else yeah. about the but campaign who that hired wasn't. Him is right. all they're asking. Right. And you, nobody can disclose <laughs> nobody, who hired him. Which has led some people to uh, make one of two conclusions, either that it was Murphy himself or that this man, Al Alvarez, basically um, – took what he saw as an open position and ran with it and hired himself. It's, it's very possible in yeah. politics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I uh, went across one time, somebody who, uh, a person in the political scene, who was fired and just didn't go. <laughs> right. Stayed there long enough to, to draw the pension. And yeah. I, and again, I will, I will defer to you on this because you're working in this news mm-hmm. every day. This gets a lot of press. Okay. Now, the governor is a Democrat, a liberal Democrat. Yeah. And so, as we've talked about before, he could be reelected no matter what he did, we think. Yeah. Now, he could have what, stolen the Lord's Supper and wiped his, say, chin <laughs> on the tablecloth. Right. And he'd still get elected because he is a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Is that... Does that obtain? Does the is the public responding to this? Is there any interest in this really outside the uh, what uh, the news 
I, community. I, I just, I'm not sure. I, I, I guess if the investigation delves deep enough to convince people of his culpability or complicitness, if there was any, um, that it that it would affect him. I mean, you saw. Now, Chris Christie used a lot of these numbers. First of all, he said he didn't care about poll numbers when he was governor. Second of all, he said when he got into his second term, he did a lot of things that he couldn't do in his first term because you can't do those things in your first term or you won't be reelected. But uh, when his approval numbers Mm. nosedived to, I think when he left office, 16 Mm percent from a high of, I don't know, 62 or 63 percent mm-hmm. just shortly before that right yeah right and i think as as high as in the 70s after sandy um what happened there was enough evidence had come out about the bridgegate case where people weren't convinced that he had a direct role in it but they weren't convinced that he didn't but you know i think the thing that got him uh, that was responsible for this tumbling of, of the approval rating. The Bridgegate thing, I'm not sure that the average person really could get into that. Yeah. Because there was always a traffic jam. Right. At right. Fort Lee. Right. There always is. I remember hearing that, uh, you know, the day that it happened, and yeah. nobody paid any attention to it. I think the, the New Jersey people got a sense of betrayal mm. when he, in a sense, left the state. Well, that's true. And uh, when he was running for the presidency. Now, and I, th- I think people and there's really nothing that engenders anger more than betrayal or a feeling of it. And and there has been a feeling in some corners that that is also the means to the end uh, for Murphy is that Murphy um, positioned himself as governor with an eye on a presidential run. Oh, yes. if not in 2020, then in 2024. Whenever, yeah. Um, and that seems to me. You know, when you compare the two cases, Christie being a a Jersey guy um, and even same thing with with Cory Booker, you know, people with deep histories and deep ties to New Jersey who decide that they want to uh, take that step on on the national stage. Bill Bradley, obviously, uh, also, Um, you know, you can you can kind of buy that. Now, it did hurt Christie when he was canvassing the country. Um, Murphy having kind of. Uh, swooped in here um, and put his money on the table uh, and getting Literally. right, right. And getting into that position. I don't think New Jersey people feel that even if they voted for him, I don't think they feel that he's their guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't get the feeling well, that people look at Phil Murphy, no matter how he governs or or what they think of his proposals and policies. I don't think they look at him and say he's one of us. I think I think that's exactly what Pat Murray was saying. We talked about yes. it with the Monmouth Pole, that people are at this point, they're just, uh, what would you say, they have not sort of meshed yeah. with him or accepted him as one of us. Now, whether he gorged himself on pork rolls or, right. you know, whatever else you do in mm-hmm. New Jersey— uh, to try to say that I'm one of you. I, I think the the the, the uh, what was going on. He was in a in a sense showing a flag or shooting yeah. up a rocket mm. that said 
look at me, look at me. Right. Because this would show the rest of the party that he is as ultra-liberal out there as the rest of them for when the time comes. Correct. For for choosing a candidate. And he'll lie low now for a while, let these other people burn themselves out. Right. Which I think many of them, most of them will. Oh, Bernie Sanders jumped back in today. I heard that, yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, and and he still he still claims he still professes to be an independent. He caucuses with Democrats, but I don't think that he when he announced his run, he says I'm running as a Democrat. He's just saying, you know, I'm Bernie Sanders, and he has enough name recognition and and a, a brand that people obviously latched onto three clearly, years ago. These people make a lot of money on these campaigns. Yeah, it's a damn good living. Because if you look at their net worth when they started running and then when they either accomplish the office or don't, yeah, uh, it's amazing. Uh, I think the Bernie Sanders surprised people. Yeah. That, that, uh, that's another interesting phenomenon. If you take most of these people, the, the Pelosi's, Schumer's, and a lot of the, the, uh, the left, what do you call it, the radical left, if you want, mm. of the Democratic Party. Mm. It's the tail that's wagging, it's the radical tail that's wagging the Democratic Party. Yeah. You take a look at them. Now, in any society like ours uh, with the free enterprise, there are haves and have-nots. Mm. And so these Democrats have chosen to build a constituency of the have-nots. Right. Or the people who feel that they've been left out, they've been marginalized, mm. or disenchanted for one reason or another. And the very poor people. But you notice that the people who are manipulating them and using them as their base are very wealthy people. Yes. Uh, Soros, one of the richest men in the world, of course. Yeah. And then you got uh, the Pelosi's, I understand, are hugely wealthy. Yes. And it has been said that probably uh, her role in politics didn't hurt her husband's business enterprises. I would say not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is an interesting thing. And here are the poor. And I guess this is always the case being manipulated by the rich mm-hmm. who are claiming to be one of them. To be right. And, and and that's where that's where people have uh, I, I think that, yes, people have a disconnect with with Murphy because of of the money. But also specifically in New Jersey, it it takes a lot to be viewed as genuine in, in this state. You've got to know how we operate. And it reminds me a lot of when the Democratic Convention was in Philadelphia in 2004 and there was this big press junket that followed John Kerry when he was mm. the Democratic candidate to one of the cheesesteak uh, shops. <laughs> and he, it, I think I brought up cheesesteak two weeks ago, and now I'm doing it again. I promise I won't do this. But um, he goes to order, and he asked if he can get Swiss cheese on his cheesesteak, <laughs> which if you've ever been in Philadelphia, oh, you no, cannot it's find Bell a cheesesteak. Right, right. You yeah. cannot find Swiss cheese anywhere. Well, uh, George Bush, when he was running for re-election, one of the reasons I think things that hurt him Against Clinton the first time. This yes. would have been 88, 89, 89, I guess. Well, whatever it was. Mm. He did the same thing. He was going to be a man of the people. He was going to shop at the supermarket. Right. Remember that? Yes. And he couldn't figure out uh, oh, the the, uh, the barcode pricing. See, so he, he could. He was so far removed, he didn't know you could scan your items or that the uh, the cashier did. He could he could not have used the self checkout. He couldn't use the self checkout. Yeah. yeah, he would have to do it to wait in line. Of with course, you. I didn't either. But I wasn't running for the presidency. <laughs> no, no. But then people would scratch their heads over yeah. that. Well, it's going to be interesting. Now we have uh, 
how many Democratic candidates we have now? They're there. Uh, at least a half dozen that are in the Senate alone, mm-hmm. uh, let alone other people that are from other walks of life and branches of government. Um, and of course, we have one of them, too. It was right. Senator Far- or, or Spartacus, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Spartacus. Yeah, who, who, who continues to make an ass of himself. <laughs> in the last, uh, what is it, hearing he had there, and he kept thundering and, and pushing on things that were totally irrelevant to the subject. Yeah. Just to get on on the, uh, you know, on the camera. Yeah. And to be seen and to try to dominate the thing. I don't, I think he's probably running for vice presidency. I think a lot of these people probably are. I, Ultimately, I mean, their, their desire would be the vice presidency. I th- the minor think candidates. you're right. Yeah, I I think you're right. Although in the last couple of uh, campaigns, you know, you really and not even the last couple, but going back even uh, 20 years or so, um, you have seen a lot of the eventual vice presidential candidates um, be people who were not involved in primary season at all obviously mm-hmm. mike pence well, that's uh, true being and, uh, being one Biden of those was... uh the um the movie that came out last year called vice uh mm-hmm. which portrays dick cheney you know cheney was not in the presidential primaries mm-hmm. in 2000 he was helping george w bush vet other candidates and basically came up with himself mm-hmm. as the best one you know i wonder if if People think about this that it has anything to do with their uh, their choices or their their attitude or their enthusiasm or lack of it for politics. Mm. Any way you go about it, the presidency of George W. Bush, mm. the last Bush, yes, was the most destructive presidency in our history by far, in some total. Yeah, you could you could uh, make you, that you argument. Consider the endless war and, mm-hmm. and the, the uh, which was. Completely not necessary, mm-hmm. except to satisfy the ego of a few people. And I think generally you could say the vice president yeah. and the secretary of defense, who had been the, uh, what was the president of Halliburton, yeah. his huge war supplier. Right. Who that once was Cheney. They went in, well, Cheney. Yeah. Once they went into that, they profited yeah. <laughs> it, it, unbelievably yeah. from the war. So yeah. if you wanted, you could come up with a conspiracy theory that this is why we had the war, mm. because it was very good for business, yeah. especially his. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't know. All this, uh, I, I suppose, is ahead of us. Oh, I, I got to tell you this. I, okay. I ran across this. Are you familiar with the magazine called The Week? Yes, yes. I've been getting that for years, and it's fascinating. I dropped off. I let my subscription expire because they had joined into the anti-Trump uh, movement, okay. which you have to do if you want to stay alive in journalism. They're yeah. mildly so, mm. but if you notice the the cover stories and everything, the little mm. digs. But anyway, I, I went back and revisited that because there's so much in there that I like. And they have a little feature called It Was a Good Week For. Okay. And a good and a bad week for. Okay. Just as an example here, natural beauty, good week for natural beauty. Mm. And this answers a question that I have thought about, and a lot of people must have. Okay. A White House denial that President Trump uses a self-tanning cream to achieve his year-round orange skin. (laughs) (laughs) A Trump aide says he owes his distinctive glow and the equally distinctive white patches around the eyes to good genes. Hmm. I've never heard of white patches around the eyes being good genes. I've never heard of painting yourself orange, unless you're a geisha. 
Right. <laughs> this is why going afield, and I see your feeling about this, this is the most irksome president <laughs> for somebody who would basically support his policies. Right. I can't imagine a human being making dumber statements. Uh, he's got to have, I remember there's a comedian named Al Kelly who was famous okay. for Double Talk. Mm-hmm. Al Kelly must be writing his, his speeches, his addresses. But some of the, you, you wonder and you say, this, this was a good policy that I support that. I think people aren't paying any attention to what he does. Then he goes on Twitter or opens his mouth and the whole thing comes tumbling down. You wonder, what have we done here? With- it, it's um, and, and it's not like he's not educated because he is. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's not like he has not spent years in the business world because he has. I just think that in his attempt to, again, be one of us. He is maybe trying to talk like the lowest common denominator talks. But I know people in the lowest common denominator. I used to be yeah. one. Maybe still am. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, really, we don't really you know, know where they, we they, ourselves are. They don't are. talk like that. Yeah. They might, you know, get a snootful uh, in the bar or something, but but not. Yeah. How how would you come up with things like Senator McCain? when he was a prisoner of war for five years, was a coward. Right. Uh, and, well, he didn't use those terms. But that, that to me, started it off. And then, it, and you wonder, look, the border wall. Why would it not be simple for a person to come on statesmanlike mm-hmm. and saying, here is the story. This will not make a lot of people happy, right. but I want you to understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I took an oath that I would defend the country. I would defend yeah. the Constitution. I would defend the country. In my view, the country is in danger because of this. Therefore, it is my sworn obligation to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And if this bothers some people who think otherwise, I expect that. But I took the oath. I have to carry it out to yeah. defend the country. Thank you for listening, my fellow Americans. <laughs> right. And then go back into wherever you go and play with his new what hugely expensive golf setup he's got have you seen that yeah yes how many thousands of dollars or millions of dollars was that i i I couldn't even begin to tell you but the the difference is striking i think because no matter what you thought of him as a president uh, there was no denying that uh president obama was a um a highly skilled and in, in, in many cases, very convincing mm-hmm. speaker. Um, but that doesn't even, it doesn't have anything to do with party because so was Ronald Reagan. Well, if Ronald Reagan at the time had done the same thing of building a wall, people mm-hmm. would have been running up with bricks to contribute. Right. Because his, his communication ability. Right. This person has none. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it goes into negative figures. So it's, it's extremely frustrating. Just, uh, again, moving on to a couple of things here. Uh, uh, the... Uh, the legal smoking age in Hawaii is going to become a hundred. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. I love this. Um, you know, you hear so much about uh, trying to restrict uh, who can smoke and and where they can smoke. And uh, on my way home every day, I drive by a, a convenience store, um, and they have this sign out front, and it says. Uh, lowest cigarette prices allowed by law. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm thinking if if we're if we're at that point right now, you know, how much how much more convincing do we have to to do uh, to people about the, the dangers of cigarettes? But Hawaii, I guess their thought is if it hasn't if nothing else has killed you by age 100, go ahead and smoke. <laughs> so the people sitting around twitching, <laughs> right. having spasms, waiting till they're 100. <laughs> did you ever smoke? No, I never did. Mm-hmm. I never did. Um, I, I never I was never really tempted to, to do it. And, and I think I kind of grew up a little bit on on the tail end of the Nancy Reagan just say no uh, campaign. And I don't remember ever really getting a lot of, of peer pressure as far as drugs and, mm-hmm. and alcohol were, were concerned. Uh, but I will say, and I have said this um, for years, because I don't consider myself an, an addictive person or to have that personality. Um, if I were to um, ever have the desire to have this sensation of smoking something, um, I I do think... Uh, I would much rather choose marijuana than cigarettes. I don't know why I I don't know why I say that, but there has just been uh, there's just been so much put out there about the the toxic I- effect of mm-hmm. cigarettes and the the carcinogens that are uh, in these things um, that I think it really turned me off from from a young age. Well, that's good. I started when I was seventeen, simply because I was yeah. working. Uh, my father was the the town manager. And he put me out with road gangs every summer when I yeah. was in school. And, of course, all of these guys, you know, the, the local maintenance crew and public works, they all smoked. <laughs> yeah. And we had a bottle of moonshine. This was in the South. We had a right. bottle of moonshine under the seat, too. And I smoked for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. I quit 30. It'll be, it's, uh, be 31 years ago. Okay. Which, uh, and I just sat around. I worked here. Yeah, and I was letting up a cigarette when they said, "Why am I doing this? It doesn't even taste good anymore." So, <laughs> right, right. And we had an engineer who was sort of a, uh, an eccentric character, and he smoked these little uh, cigars, mm, like mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood and the and the spaghetti westerns. Oh like. yeah. So I borrowed one from him and just stuck it in the corner of my mouth, never lit it, and then went on and you know gradually one thing led to another mm. and just ended up not doing it, but. Uh, it, it is interesting that we have, what is it, 400,000 people a year die from smoking. Mm. And, of course, our government subsidizes the tobacco industry. Right. <laughs> so, they're, they're, well. The, the effects can be so long-lasting. My mother mm-hmm. tells the story of she was in grade school, and she came home one day, and she says to her father, my grandfather, she says to him, Dad, why don't you love me? And he looks at her, you know, cockeyed. He's like, why would you say that? And she said, well, my teacher in school said, um, if your parents smoke cigarettes, then they don't love you. And the way that my mom tells the story, my grandfather put down his cigarette. He put it out and he never picked another one up again. Now, that that was probably 40 years ago. Uh, or more, yeah, more than 40 years ago, probably close to 50 years ago. And just late this past year, um, the doctors found a, a little uh, spot or a little nodule on his lung. Hmm. He hadn't smoked in 50 years. Well, there are people who get these things yeah. environmentally otherwise. Yeah. I, okay, just just uh, kind of put a cap on this. I was looking over the TV listings. Okay. On, uh, 
cable TV tonight. Sure. And I notice here that I guess this is uh, on uh, what ABC is celebrity dog worming. <laughs> and it's something that you I don't think you want to miss. Okay. And uh, the History Channel is uh, Dingleberry Dynasty <laughs> once again. Uh, you know, uh, I think I've mentioned this before. I have a theory. Uh-huh. And this ties in with UFOs okay. and, and cable television. Now, people have these spottings of supposedly alien, what, spaceships or something. Yeah. I think what they are, they're camera crews. <laughs> there is a television channel out there in the Milky Way, some intergalactic channel that the advanced <laughs> civilizations uh, people watch. The most popular show is called Planet of the Jackanapes. <laughs> and these are camera crews that come down and they just randomly film life on Earth. <laughs> and then they go back and they show it. And people just fall over with laughter about what goes on, even the most serious things here. It reminds me of, um, do you remember when David Letterman used to do stupid human tricks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is what, if if people... If there is life in other places and if people are, are watching us in a Big Brother style way, that's what they're watching. They're not watching our mundane tasks or they're not watching our, our love lives or anything. They're watching us do stupid stuff. Well, it's like the Canadians they had a survey not too long ago. They found out that the uh, uh, viewership on Canadian news, mm -hmm. television news, was down. Okay. Although the number of people in Canada listening to American news was way up okay. and so they did uh focus groups and they found out the reason was canadian people are fascinated by what they said is a great nation tearing itself apart yeah i would believe and it so it play it plays in with my yeah. theory that the planet of the jackanapes <laughs> and alpha centauri is the number one hit show on cable television <laughs> probably without pull celebrity dog warming <laughs> Who knows? Patrick, thank you so much. Enjoyed your, your company as always. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for listening to the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Still cooking and it's bigger than ever. From NJ1015.com.